So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. We had it all. Just like Bobby and the car. It's a little dedication to Uncle Dan. I love it. Well, we were hand in hand at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> so welcome to episode eight of So I Married an Alcoholic. Welcome. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. I don't know if that's clear by now. Again, in review, check us out on your favorite podcast streaming service. We are officially available on all of them. That's so awesome. Which was unfortunately a long time coming. It was a long road. A, massive, a lot of bumps. Massive pain in the ass. But you did it. I'm so proud of you. But uh, well worth it. And and thank you, darling. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Even through all of the obscenities that I was hurling, not necessarily <laughs> in your direction. It was actually a nice reprieve for you I, to hurl the obscenities at the computer and Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Solid relationship we have here. <laughs> And again, contact email is so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, so I married an alcoholic. And we are on Twitter. I just don't know how to tweet, so Meg's going to take care of that right now. I thought you said I wasn't allowed to tweet. Oh, no, you're not allowed to tweet. So just so you know, if like something offensive comes up on the Twitter, it's definitely Chris. I not think they Megan. already know that. I think if they've been following or they listen to five minutes of any episode. Yeah, or have the pleasure of knowing me in real life. <laughs> uh, so what's the Twitter? Married to AA. That's clever. Thanks. It took a lot. You can only have 15 characters. Alcoholic's a very long word. Also, we are going to be in need of a lawyer because I don't necessarily think that we're allowed to use that much of a song that's like protected under copyright law. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you're one of those like copyright lawyer type so i married an alcoholic at gmail.com we can't pay you though no but i'll i'll plug the shit out of your uh, firm there you go that works right i mean free press again want to say big thank you to the loyal listeners that have checked in so far probably by the time this gets published we should be somewhere around like 1600 downloads maybe just a little bit shy of Oh, yeah, definitely. We're trending somewhere between 200 and 250 an episode, which I think is is pretty fantastic considering, you know, we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, we're actually over 300 downloads uh, a week. We average over 300 downloads a week, which when you average, I forget what it was, like 247 or something, you're in the top 5%? I don't think it's necessarily quite that high. Or 10%? 10% maybe. Oh, I forget. I looked it up. This I'm, is terrible. I'm going to Instagram it. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that our first tweet You're not allowed to tweet We just went over that See uh, That's true Short term memory I know Unbelievable You know who doesn't have a short term memory Who Dr. Chong We got a website guy Yeah Andy's Asian Andy's a doctor So he is way more qualified than either of us Yeah So that, that was a good find It was a good He volunteered Like after hearing it Checking out our tech stuff He's like you guys need me Yeah you need You need an Asian in your corner That's exactly what he said Which I'm not gonna lie I mean I think Everybody needs an Asian in their corner It's so true I find it beneficial So we got some Really really nice feedback The other day uh, From a listener I, I don't Should we necessarily like Say who they are No Cause I We've gotten several feedback I mean we've gotten a lot of feedback um, but we've started feedback starting to roll in from people we don't know that have just found us randomly, which is really awesome because obviously, you know, it makes me feel good deep down inside, but also because I would say that we're doing something right, you know? I think so. And what we're hearing from people is that our stories, us talking about being completely honest with what we go through on a daily basis, you know, is reaching people. People get it. They understand. They feel the same way, but maybe aren't saying it out loud yet. I agree. And, you know, I, I think that equates to, you know, people identify as well. And this particular listener had messaged us last week on the Instagram. Again, it's so I married an alcoholic on Instagram. 
again, I, I'm not going to, you know, give away too much of it or what have you, but, you know, she was saying that she actually just randomly found us. She lives with an alcoholic, so her husband's an alcoholic. And I don't know how she didn't necessarily get into or that far into the story of how she found us. But she said, you know, I happened to come across your podcast as my life with an alcoholic was imploding. And it was, I'll say interesting. I was going to say it was, it's kind of funny, but there's technically nothing funny about it. Her husband is also a veteran and suffers from PTSD. And we had talked about that, I don't know, a couple of episodes ago. And we are still going to have Nick Learman on, who is uh, the founder of a group called Team Foster. Yes. Uh, and what their organization does is they raise money to help match veterans with service dogs, which is astronomically expensive. Yeah, it's $25,000 to train a dog. Which is crazy, right? But... If that dog saves said person's life, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. So when I was working actually at the drug and alcohol rehab, um, we would get some vets, not many, because the VA has its own um, drug and alcohol rehabs. And there's a VA facility not far from that particular. There's actually a couple in the Philadelphia area and some really nice ones. There is some some good places around here but anyway um we would get some for insurance reasons or if they were full or you know they actually the va drug and alcohol though inpatient was closed during covid i don't know if the whole time but for a couple months i know that it was wow that's crazy isn't it so talk about something that you should just never show it's like shutting down a hospital during a state of emergency right i mean it was awful like that should never be on the list of things that actually like are a possibility. I remember actually thinking about that though. Like, are we going to be deemed necessary? Does society at large think drug and alcohol rehabs are necessary? Which, I mean, they are, obviously, but, you know, it was the first time everyone was doing pandemic. I don't know where the cuts were going to be made. I agree. And obviously some rehabs did shut down. I mean, all their outpatient services in most places were shut down or gone on to Zoom. Um, but anyway, I had a patient once, and this was long ago, and he was a veteran. And one of the stories he actually told me, he was really in, in rough shape and um, he couldn't sleep at night. So we'd come in the middle of the night to the nurse's station and talk to us. And he told me that the only reason he hadn't taken his life was because of his service dog, because who was going to feed the dog the next day? And I remember finding that so profound. So, you know, the work that Team Foster is doing is really incredible. It really is. And again, I've said this before. I will say it again. I don't necessarily tend to like to beat a dead horse, but it's something that I certainly feel very passionate about. You know, I served. I come from a family of veterans. You know, it's something that's very high on your list as well. Veterans are by far one of the most underserved populations in the United States. I agree, which is awful because it's what we should stand for absolutely and you know whether you agree with the war or not like again that's one of those things that's just we ain't going there not debatable here like you can have your opinion and you're more than welcome to have your opinion just not here my show my opinion eat a dick (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) because that's that's how i roll like you're gonna support the troops absolutely like that's the bottom line I agree 100%. How the troops were treated back in the 60s and 70s with Vietnam was 100% unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Horrible. And people are still reeling from that. You know, those Vietnam vets are still alive. The ones that, you know, made it. Yeah. Again, another whole generation lost to drug and alcohol abuse and mental health issues and things like that. It's 2021. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. No, and I I do think there are some good services out there. Um, I think an issue for anyone in any mental health realm is navigating the system. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of healthcare in general, whether that's an ignorance issue from, you know, the, the patient's end or whether it's truly just... Lack of education on our end, you know? Are you saying like as medical providers or? Yes, I'm speaking for all of healthcare right now. Oh. Now I have the mic. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a really dangerous place to be. (laughs) Um, You know, it's also one of those things that like I think that people still to this day, 
uh, hold doctors and nurses and hospital staff in very high regard and like almost unapproachable to a certain extent. Really? Do you think, no, you don't agree with that? I don't agree with that because I am one. You know what I mean? So I guess I don't see it that way, but... I mean, again, I'm I'm definitely overgeneralizing here, but I think that people are almost intimidated to a certain extent. They use that as some sort of blockage to have like an actual conversation with somebody. And I guess it depends, you know, doctors, obviously different bedside manners, et cetera, et cetera. There's ways around that. But I can definitely see that as you know, a a barricade to being your own advocate. I think it's stigma in general. I think people are afraid to speak to a lot of people because of stigma that uh, still surrounds mental health, drug and alcohol issues, all of that. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I think that's, you know, people are embarrassed still. Yeah. To come and say, I need help. No, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, it is embarrassing and it's very humbling to to put your hand up and say, like, I need help. This is out of control. And not for nothing, but I've been in numerous treatment centers where there are the quote-unquote frequent flyers. And, again, from what I see on the outside looking in, don't always necessarily get treated the way that they should because that person, the point-of-care person, is more often than not, kind of like sick of their shit. Because it's, <laughs> it's the same stuff over and over again. It's the same individual over and over again. And it's even if it's a different person, it's still like an addict is an addict. I think to a know? certain extent, yeah. I, th- I think it can be, I think there's burnout. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. You know, but that's, I mean, that's everywhere. I'm going to be super honest with you right now. I loved working in a drug and alcohol rehab. Um, Addicts um, aren't always super nice to you in the beginning. No, they're complete assholes. (laughs) And I say that again, like having been an addict, still am. Yeah, yeah. You know, iced tea, guns, memberships. I'm still an addict. I'm just not using drugs. And again, we've talked about fractured relationships that I had with my family, and that's not necessarily because, you know, they're not nice people. Actually, has nothing to do with that. It's because at many points, I was a complete asshole. And you I, know? I think an addict or alcoholic, like one of the key trademarks is the ability to manipulate. Oh, hell yes. Master manipulators. And then if you actually hold the line and we can't manipulate you... We're going to get nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's true? That's actually, and again, like we talked about this in a couple episodes ago. uh, The reason that I think that I am, you know, slightly successful in what I do is because, you know, I'm in sales. Like I know every rebuttal, like every no answer that somebody's giving me, like I have a workaround for that. Absolutely. You spend your life doing it. Absolutely. Up to this point. And that was, you know, that was a terrible skill set to have, those two decades of abuse. But again, it's one of those things that you turn that negative into a positive. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I mean, there's some good life skills you've learned along the way, (laughs) (laughs) shall I say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely one way of putting it. All right, honey. So what should we talk about tonight? So we talked about, you know, the the feedback that we've gotten, which, you know, obviously we love and it gives us a little bit of guidance. And it also lets us know that, like, we're striking a chord and that's super important. You know, I, I can sit in front of this microphone and talk shit for hours. You know, as long as it's serving a purpose, like, we'll still do it. And that's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Again, I think the first episode you were like, maybe this is the miracle for somebody. That's so true. Yeah. And I I truly hope it is. And then let's talk about, so you were texting me earlier, like you had a little situation at work today. I wouldn't even say it was a situation. I think that this is alcoholic, non-alcoholic. I think a lot of women can relate with this. Being a working mom is hard. And I'm not saying it's harder than being a stay-at-home mom. We're not going to have like mommy wars or whatever. (laughs) But being a working mom is hard because... There's definitely a double standard um, as far as, at least I see it with my 10-year-old. 
every time I go to work, he gives me a hard time. Like, that's how the world works. You know, I mommy needs to go to work. He doesn't give you a hard time when that Xbox lands under the tree, though, does he? Exactly. Or the fact that he is running water or food on the table. Like, it's not just so we can buy luxury items. You know what I mean? But both our kids were sick this week. Um, Uh Mac's starting to feel better. Frankie's starting to feel better. She actually wasn't that bad. I mean, just stuffy. But she actually wasn't that drama about it, which was kind of nice and surprising. That's because she's my kid. You think? We are no bullshit people. No, she's drama central. (laughs) Don't even start. She's literally beyond drama. And she can turn on the tears like the real ones, like big crocodile tears. And she's faking it. Like, how do you get the water to come out when you're faking it? And that's exactly what concerns me because, you know, speaking of manipulation, like 10, 12, 15 years down the road, she's going to do that to me and be like, yeah, I'm going to be like, I'll buy you a car. What do you need, honey? Yeah, exactly. Do you want a horse? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Daddy wants a horse. We'll get matching horses. <laughs> and we'll dress them properly. Of course. <laughs> My horse will walk around in nothing less than a three-piece suit. So anyway, uh, normally I am, um, I, I mean, I, you know, I like going to work and I'm good at what I do. Um, today I was feeling behind and overwhelmed and I didn't feel like I was good at what I did. So not only was I feeling guilty that I wasn't home with my kids, I couldn't distract myself by feeling like I was being good at work. And so I actually reached out to Chris and texted him like, I'm struggling today. Uh, Not that I want to go get a drink, but just, I feel like a crappy mom. I feel like a crappy employee. I just, I I feel like I, I can't, I can't do today. I just can't. And Chris actually surprised me. And I don't mean by like showing up with chocolates and flowers at work. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I slid a quick dick pic in her her DM. (laughs) What's a DM? I think a direct message. Oh, is that what it stands for? I never I knew. Know. I heard that in a Cardi B song the other day, so I was, <laughs> was just trying to relate to the younger crowd. It's good. That's good, hun. Broaden your horizons. Right? But anyway, Chris was actually supportive. Which is normally not my thing. Yeah, he's like a very suck it up buttercup. Yeah. like stop Without being the a, buttercup. Stop being a bitch. Exactly. And, and that was still involved in it, but... He did the whole, you know, you're good at your job. You know, you're a good mom. You know, you're a good wife. Keep going. Pound it out today. You know, it's not going to last forever, basically. And that was exactly what I needed. Yeah, And that's, you know, one of those gifts, if you will, of this podcast, because I don't think that I would have said that three months ago, six months ago. No, you would have said, okay. (laughs) <laughs> is there anything worse than the text message response k literally not even okay just the letter k i would like to speak to i think every woman out there i'm going to generalize i'm speaking for us all right now the response k we hate it we spiral in our heads about it and the rebuttal that we have to k is not kind so actually, you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned that. The women out there, why don't you throw us a little something, something, not a dick pic, but throw us a little something, something in the so I married an alcoholic at Gmail inbox. And let us know how you feel when your significant other responds with K. Or what is the appropriate response to K? I don't respond at all. Which is good because you know me. Like, if you start to, like, show your ass in the little or least bit of way, like, I will tear you up. I've actually learned. That's actually something I have um, improved. It's been forced upon me, but that I have improved upon it myself. I would say a year ago, the K would have gotten six paragraphs back. Yeah, and let me tell you something. You think Frankie can throw a tantrum? I'll show you what a fucking tantrum is. Yeah, that's where she gets them. Like, I will lose my shit. I sometimes will respond K to you now, too, like if you're being annoying. And the thing is, I think I'm like sending a dig, but I'm not because you're probably not affected by it. Nope. I'm actually like on my way out the door to assume leisure activity number blank. Next life, I'm having a penis. For the day. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even have to wait. It's 2021. (laughs) That's a good point. You want a dick? Like the government will pay for it. It is true. I guess. I think I want new boobs. I don't want a penis. 
That seems too hard. Just make sure it's like wicked small like mine. <laughs> you don't want the competition. Yeah, no. If you came home with a massive wang, I'd be all kinds of upset. It'd probably be over. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> you have your limits. You may have a dick, darling. You'll love me no matter what, unless my penis is bigger than yours. Make it micro penis. <laughs> I, I would actually really appreciate that. <laughs> really? No. Okay. I, I don't want you to have a dick, but again, like... <laughs> if I had to? Yeah, like, if you had to have a dick, <laughs> make it a small one. Deal. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. I think I can, you know, agree to that. Okay. Okay. It could be girthy. <laughs> just just short. It's like my thighs. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> You could blow the walls out, just don't bottom out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, this got far off topic. Yeah, we'll round it back. So, like, you know, I was actually saying, you know, we should talk about that on the podcast because even, you know, myself, been removed from drugs or alcohol for, you know, a couple of 24s at this point. Even in my young career as a real estate agent, it is... You know, there's days that I am like, oh, my God, I am unemployed. Like, I need to go jump back into a truck. I need to do something. And it's super, super frustrating. And, and not that I'm not going to say like a, a drink or a drug would ever solve that or anything like that. It's just, you know, it, it's not a road that I'm willing to travel, hopefully, by the grace of God ever again. But it is just super super frustrating and again as an alcoholic and a drug addict like I can get way up in my head about something and before you know it like I am spiraling out of control you know oh definitely so I think that's one area that I do always ground you in is your work oh without question um I think I said to you and I didn't say it right away because I was probably like nervous or whatever but that I would hurl obscenities back at you no i don't know <laughs> i used to care more like what you thought but i know i don't <laughs> welcome I don't to marriage anymore yet. i remember saying to you not too far in when it, it was hard you know you went uh, you know you're you're working your butt off but you weren't selling anything you know for the first say six months and i remember i actually kept saying like keep going keep going and i said to you at some point i don't even know if you remember this I'm actually glad that it wasn't a quick fix. No, it's actually probably the worst thing for somebody in my position. If you got ran out of the gate and sold $5 million in your first month, it would have gone right to your head and it would have put you in a bad place, I think, personally. Yeah, it would have had the complete opposite effect in terms of not selling anything. Like, I would have been in that same bad place. Yeah, I because I can go either way. Like I can, you know, if I'm feeling like shit, like all of a sudden a drink or a drug sounds like a really good solution. Yes. And if I'm, you know, riding that wave of emotion, whatever it is, like a drink and a drug sounds like a really good solution, yeah. too, because, you know, if I'm on cloud nine, like, well, don't you deserve it? Well, I mean, but you, know, you know what I mean? But that's where your head can go. Cloud nine feels this good, like. What's cloud 10 feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a cloud 100? Yeah. How much money's in the bank right now? <laughs> it's not actually, not much. But um, <laughs> tomorrow, maybe some things will get a little better. But um, no, and I think, you know, I think it still bothers you. And so actually last night, Chris and I were talking about it. And um, someone approached him about a different business opportunity and, you know, guaranteed to make him all this money. And but he, and it was going to be a lot of work, but he works really hard now, but it was going to be a lot of busy work. And I, I said to him, I'm going to give you my honest opinion right now. Like, I know you're going to do what you want anyway, because that's how you roll. But mm -hmm. I honestly believe for you that a work-life balance is really important. Oh, it's very important. It is. And I actually respect that. And I would rather take you another five years to get to that financial success that you want to be at, the level you want to be at, and have you happy in the meantime. Well, so here's, I agree with that completely, okay. right? And like, you know, we've been doing this for, what, six months now? Doing Eight what? months? Married. No, almost, 
it'll be two years in October. Oh. Just feels like the honeymoon still, honey. Yeah, no, the honeymoon phase has been over <laughs> since like... I was pregnant on our honeymoon. It wasn't that fun. Yeah, the next day. I was like, what time do we get our nap? The honeymoon <laughs> was officially over. And I didn't mean the dirty nap. Like, I wanted to sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing about being, you know, a sober addict, if you will. Mm-hmm. I could make $2 million next year. It's never going to be enough. I was just going to say, and it wouldn't be enough. No, and we talked about that, you know, a couple episodes ago, the whole like pallet of boat things. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'd look at that $2 million of income or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the 2 million widgets, if we're selling widgets and be like, well, why can't we do three? Let's do three and a half. And I don't think it's a bad thing to set goals for yourself and to be competitive with yourself. I I don't think that's it at all. No, not at all. But like at the same time, I can get myself so consumed with that, you know, that number, whatever it is, that like I would have zero work-life balance. I will take, again, I'll take anything to the extreme. Yeah, definitely. Give me an opportunity. You and run I will, with it. I will show you what extreme looks like. <laughs> I think that's actually one of the biggest gifts of sobriety for me personally. As I said to Chris actually this morning, because, you know, we were talking about it again as I was getting out of the shower. I said, um, I support our day-to-day life as far as financially, right? So I look at it as my job will pay our mortgage, our bills, all this thi- all these things. Your job will eventually build our wealth. And you know what? I actually don't care for ever wealthy, which I think speaks so much to where I am at um, emotionally, in my mind, and to my sobriety. And I know that sounds weird, but I no longer need financial or physical or things to make me happy. Which is what it's all about right at the end of the day because you can't take any of that with you no so I would rather have a happy husband and have quality time together be able to get in the car on Saturday and drive up to Boston to see your mom you know and then see Annie Gay P the next week and like be able to do these awesome things that we do because we've made time and our relationship and our family more important than living in a mansion or having a boat or any of those things. No, exactly. And it's Worcester. Oh, sorry. I know. Worcester. Although anyone from all of Massachusetts says they're from Boston. And no one actually is. Because again, it's like growing up in, I don't know, like I'm going to say North Wales, Pennsylvania. <laughs> like where as is... A, as an example. Where is that? Nobody right. cares where that yeah, is. I know. I know. You're right. So you grow up in Philly. And then if somebody's like, oh, whereabouts, like that's the cue. So they know the area. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. All right. What else you got tonight? Geography. Not me. Not your thing. Yep. So I think another, you know, sort of important topic to talk about is not that this necessarily has anything to do with alcoholism or drug addiction or anything like that, but just the... Whether you agree with it or not, whether you use it or not, you know, whatever your your stance on it is, the facade, if you will, that social media has created for people and almost that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses attitude like on crack. Oh, it's so true. I say all the time, I'm so glad there wasn't social media when I was in like high school, even college, like middle school, like that time where you're so awkward and finding yourself like that's got to be horrendous. I'm still there. I was just going to say, and also as a mom, it's kind of shitty. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I have a really good friend who's in the program. And it was funny. He got like another sponsor to work the steps again. And he said to me, they made me get rid of, um, or I found out I had, I forget what the number was. So I'm making it up. Sorry. It was like, I have 260 resentments in sobriety, you know? And he's like, and this, my sponsor suggested that I get rid of all social media because that's where a lot of my resentments come from. And I was like, isn't it where everyone's come from? (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. We've all gone down the rabbit hole at two in the morning. You know, when you're dodging, it's like, have you ever seen that meme where it's like someone dodging the laser beams? Like I'm back in 2014 (laughs) looking at a family vacation that you took and you know what I mean? Trying not to accidentally hit like. 
Wow, you're like super fucking creepy. <laughs> Holy shit. But anyway, I think we can all get wrapped up in it. No, I totally agree with that. And I do the same thing because I belong to, well, now like a bunch of podcast groups. Yes. But more so, you know, with the real estate thing, like I'll see an agent that, you know, has just finished up a settlement and they're all like happy taking pictures and stuff like that. And like, look at how great I am, blah, blah, blah. And like, I feel like shit about that because I'm, you know, I didn't have a settlement today. I had one yesterday. He did. And then one the week before that, but that's neither here nor there. And one on deck. But still, like, I feel like shit about that because I'm like, why don't I have a settlement every day? And it's unrealistic because nobody has a settlement every day. No, it's actually not how it works. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, like, then I start to feel some sort of way and, like, am I doing the right things? Am I, you know, repeating the same you know, revenue generating behaviors every day. Like, what am I not doing? You know? Yeah. Like, I'm checking the boxes, but still, it makes me feel some kind of way. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Or, like, I'll see, you know, a a picture of the thousands of exes that I have, and they're, like, with (laughs) some new dude. And I'm like, actually, I feel pretty good about that, that I avoided that bomb. Real? I was just going to say, do you really do that? God, no. Okay. <laughs> Many mistakes, never to be repeated. Thank goodness. Um, I'm happy to hear that. No, you're my first and last major mistake, darling. Oh. I know that's sweet, right? I think, I think coming from you it is, actually. See, like, so I'm smart about stuff. Like, I, you know, sowed my royal oats, but I was never legally bound anyone no you really were I I mean I actually give you credit for that we talked about it on the Father's Day episode like the fact that you got out of that without children amazing I'm smarter than the average douche totally I don't think that's a saying but I'm going to coin that now Dr. Chong trademark that I actually think that um that actually speaks a lot to your character even when you were a hot mess you knew you were a hot mess and you weren't going to bring anyone else down with you legally. I'm a scumbag. I'm going to need to leave now. Yeah, no, I actually think that's admirable. That's a one way to look at it. I do. I think it's nice you never put a ring on it for, you know, those other women. But I'm, I'm also saying that as your first wife. That's true. First and last. I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Like I kn- things aren't always puppies and rainbows. Actually, they normally never are. And I think that's okay. Yes. And you're starting to see, or maybe I'm just picking up on it because I feel some sort of way about it. But like there's a kid I went to high school with who is a veteran and recently went through some mental health struggles. And now he posts like those super vulnerable pictures of him. Like just after, you know, he had a breakdown and you can see that like his eyes are red and puffy from crying and like... I think that that is such a powerful thing. Yeah, I think that's what we're kind of doing here. It is. It just, I guess, in a in a different format or a different delivery or what have you. Yeah, you know what's so interesting? So when we were going down the shore a couple of weeks ago, we had the blowout in the in the street. I don't know what you're talking about. See, I moved on. I don't live in the past. So I'm not angry about it. This is what I'm going to say to you. But it's, so- it started in the driveway. It ended in the street. But it started. And then it really ended at like, you know, 10 minutes down the road when I realized the gas was astronomically expensive and two cars wasn't going to cut it. It did. But when I did the grown up thing and decided I was going to get in the car and drive to the shore anyway. Oh, and and leave your husband here? Yes. That was a grown up thing? I actually believe he was the one who stomped off. (laughs) (laughs) So... Anyway, I actually, you know, so I'm listening to music and I'm driving down and I actually, one of the things I said to myself is, I'm going to drive to the shore. I'm going to have a great weekend with my kids and my family. And I'm going to be honest, Chris and I got in a fight. He decided not to come. And not that that's anyone's business, but I spent a lot of my life hiding and I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to cover for anyone anymore. I wasn't going to do that. And so it was a good thing that you, uh. Work that out, I guess. But I, I, I mean that. Like, I think that's, you know, I, I think so many people pretend. And it's really just keeping you sick, making you sicker. 
putting you sometimes even in a dangerous situation. Yeah, again, because we're going to beat a dead horse on this one. Addicts, particularly alcoholics, like it doesn't take much to spiral. And that's a dangerous place to be in because, again, a normal people, normal person can just go have a beer and blow off some steam. Like an alcoholic's going to like take some people out. Yeah, it's very true. And do some damage, you know? Yep. And I'm, I'm certainly not saying that like you have to pussyfoot around the issues or whatever. No, I don't think you should. I um, think that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I think it, you know, like you just said, like it starts with honesty. It does. I think that was one of, I would say that's one of my greatest gifts of sobriety is honesty. When I first got sober and I was first out of rehab, it, it's so amazing how pathologic the lying becomes that you continue it. Even about like stupid stuff. Like, yes. Oh, it's a beautiful day out, isn't it? Like, yeah, no, it's no. storming. Yeah, it's disgusting. Huh? I I, know, I was like living at my parents' beach house and my mom would be like, did you have breakfast? Yep, had a yogurt. I didn't. Why am I lying about it? Who cares? Or yeah, I had an egg. It doesn't matter. Like, I could not even tell the truth. Yeah, and again, it's about the stupidest little thing. But again, if you're going to lie about something like that, obviously you're going to lie about the bigger stuff. And that goes back to, you know, the whole facade thing. Absolutely. And I think that is my biggest gift of sobriety. I no longer need to lie because I'm not doing anything I need to lie about. Yeah. You know, I don't have to hide my phone. I don't have to like there's no secret conversations I'm having. Like I, that is the biggest relief in my life. And, you know, it's something I thought I could never live without, like never live out in the open like that. But honestly, it's very free. I mean, it should be. Yeah. And that's hard. Like, it, again, it does. It's not a thing of osmosis. It doesn't happen overnight. It's quite literally baby steps. Yeah. And like years and years. And it's constant growth, which I also think is something cool. And I, I always consider that a gift of the program, I guess, that you commit to working 12 steps that are never finished. So you're never done. Right. Exactly. So like every day you know you can do better. Like, you didn't perfect today because there is no such thing. No. So, all right, let's lighten it up and talk about something else we're grateful for. Go ahead. You not having a penis? Yeah. Is, are you going to be thinking about that now? Like, that <laughs> I mean, could be a possibility. I'm an alcoholic. I'm spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, like, you're going to come home from work tomorrow with, like, this huge mm -hmm. wang. <laughs> I do have good health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be, like, super bullshit about it. <laughs> Like, why does she have such a big dick? Let's talk about the amazing meal we ate this past weekend. Oh, speaking of big wangs, actually, it has nothing to do with big wangs. But again, like, I can't, I just can't fucking let that go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> erase it, erase it, it's gone. We had it all, just like Bogey and Vigal. All right, so anyways, we went to this place called La Maison or La Maison. I think the second way sounded a little more it's, French. It's French for a huge penis. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was this super cute, like 300-year-old house in the picturesque countryside of Chester County. Mm -hmm. And it was the whole premise of it was it was modeled after and... I don't necessarily know how how to pronounce the word, so I'm going to butcher it anyways, but I believe it's called an abougé or abou arbergé, something like that, mm -hmm. which is like the French word for in. Yeah. Like I-N-N. And they used to feed the travelers. Yeah, so like invite every... invite them in. Yeah, like every little village in the French countryside would have one of these sort of places long before, you know, hotels and... Uh, like places like that became commercialized. So you walk into this beautiful 300-year-old farmhouse and you literally walk right into the kitchen. And me being like the bubbly, complete asshole that I am, like this Michelin star-rated chef literally, is like chopping up pounds of butter on the table. And I'm like, <sighs> hey, need any help? And he looks at me with like these googly mad scientist eyes and he's like, no, go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think he was like, sit down, you American prick. <laughs> smoking a cigarette. <laughs> so anyway, it was an eight-coursed 
set meal, like fixed price, fixed menu. And the menu was in French. We didn't even know what was happening until nope. it was in front of us. And there was actually, there was like this super nice Asian like family next yeah, to us. Yeah, they were so cute. Uh, not related to Dr. Chong. Even though you don't know like, that they may be, you know, you they didn't may ask. Share, not like you asked. They may share the same lineage. Who knows? Uh, but the the gentleman was asking, "Is it the Mater D?" Yes. It was the woman of the house. It was. Like, what is this? What is that? And I was also like, I was curious, but at the same time, I was like, I don't care. Just put butter on it and serve it. I know. And then each course, the chef came around and sauced it. Oh my god. There was a sauce assistant, which it, is unlike the the hot girl down in Stone Harbor a couple of weeks ago, the, with syrup, the syrup girl. Yeah, yeah, completely different. Hmm. Again, mad scientist chef, googly eyes. You know what's so awesome? He like didn't even speak <laughs> until the meal was over. It was actually kind of creepy because he was truly like in the zone. Yeah, it wasn't like. What did you think? Are you enjoying it? Nothing. I am here to sauce and cook. <laughs> and then after he was actually super like social and like really cool. They were awesome people. I actually, I got a great picture with him. It's on the So I Married an Alcoholic Instagram. Uh, and they were. They were really super nice people. Obviously very passionate about their craft. And the woman of the house is... Can you call her the mistress of the house? Is that? I don't think so. That sounds a little not. Proper? I mean, the miss. I don't know. I did meet a mistress of the house like 20 years ago in Amsterdam. Exceptional service. Hmm. I'm just saying. Okay. This mistress of the house, though, the woman of the house, whatever we're calling her. You know, we were engaging with her a little bit and she found out that I was a bird dog person. And we started talking about dogs and she actually had an Irish setter yes. that lived upstairs and they let the Irish setter out after dinner service and like we're taking him around to the, the different tables and like it was just really super cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome actually. Like this was their home. Like I peed in their bathroom. That's kind of creepy. I mean, I did though. Did you stand up or sit down with your, <laughs> your, your big old dick? <laughs> You're a sick man. <laughs> oh my god. Um but anyway, I think so a couple funny things about that meal. First of all, it was a 3-hour meal. Was not expecting that. Nope, surprise. Actually told the babysitter we should be back in like an hour and a half. Yep, that was wrong. I like texted, you know, when an hour and a half passed. I'm like, we still got four courses to go. <laughs> We're going to be, hope you didn't have plans. Yeah, I hope you're not trying to go party tonight. Yeah, we killed it. But anyway, um, when we first walked in, it's a BYOB. I don't even know if this, you noticed this. And they were like, oh, can we chill your wine? Did you bring wine? I was like, no. And she, they were like, you didn't bring wine? Because I think that's probably a thing for the French. Oh my God, are you kidding me? There's like breakfast wines and like wine. Alcoholism in French is not alcoholism. It's like a way of life. It's like when we went to Puerto Rico. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a disease there. No. <laughs> so anyway, it's a Tuesday. So anyway, we um, <laughs> I, for, I actually felt like semi-awkward, almost guilty that I didn't bring wine. Right? Did you feel that at all? Uh, a little bit. And again, like I had just given them the old, do you need any help? Yeah. And now we're like, and we don't drink. So I wasn't, you know, necessarily up for like the smart ass comment like, oh, no, but I get a half open Red Bull in the car if you want to chill that. <laughs> so anyway, we thoroughly are enjoyed ourselves. And then the other thing at the end, which was kind of funny. So it was a really expensive meal. And um, I don't say that. to, I don't know. Show it off or whatever. It just was. Again, that's something that we really enjoyed. And so they were like, oh, what are you celebrating? Because everyone there was there, you know, celebrating. The nice family was celebrating a 25th wedding anniversary. And this like this is a monumental place. And we're like ourselves being alive. <laughs> yeah, we got nothing. Um, but <laughs> having a babysitter. So like <laughs> then I felt like a real asshole. You know what I mean? We're celebrating four hours child free. So I felt like that for a minute. And then I was like, you know what? Forget that. I think that's actually kind of awesome. I think they were happy to have us. Oh, they were. We were entertaining. And again, we're not like the typical, you know, douchebag, stuffy people. No, you looked really stuffy, though. I did look like an asshole. You had like a blazer on and, you know, fancy shoes and 
the stuffy man glasses. That's how I roll. I know. And I was very well behaved, which is not par for the course for me. But again, I insulted the mad scientist. He had sharp knives. You got off on a bad foot. You figured you better. I was not trying to get shanked. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So anyway, it was an incredible time. So, you know, that's one of those, I think, incredible gifts of sobriety. Because again, you know, if, if I was doing this even five years ago, like I wasn't spending four bills on dinner for two people. Or I may have because I could. So I would show it off. But I actually would have been too drunk by like course one and a half to remember it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I don't. You would have done the same thing. No, no I, I got high. I would have just been in in the bathroom 15 times. Like, I have to go powder my nose. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I got to go freshen up. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I I think that was definitely a gift to sobriety. I don't know. I've been feeling very grateful this past week. I'm not going to say that I have not, but I just, not this particular week in general, but just, I mean, again, I think since the, even a little bit before the birth of the podcast itself. You know, I think like, I mean, professionally, I'm in a great place. I know you're in a great place professionally. Um, Our relationship is obviously in a much, much different place than it was, you know, two months ago. Um, We have two healthy, beautiful, amazing children. Uh, The bird dog, the poo, the poo's the cat. I mean, like life is good. Life is good. And again, it has nothing to do with like the things. No, not at all. In fact, it's funny. So I was driving to work the other day and I said, I actually sent Chris like a sentimental text. And I know like last episode we did step two and we kind of combined it a little bit with step three, step three, because they're kind of fluid, right? So step two is you came to believe. Step three is that you made the decision to turn your will over to a higher power. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, I mean, there's, it's definitely step two, step three, but it's like step two A. And then yeah. step two, B. Yeah, kind of. They they could have combined it. And then you go right into the shit show that is step four. Yeah, get ready for that. That's gonna be a good one. Next episode is gonna be real fun. But anyway, um, so we talked a little bit already about turning our will over. But I was driving to work the other day, and I sent Chris this text, and I said, "I'm thinking about us, the way we met, how this journey has taken us thus far, where we are, and like." If you don't believe in a higher power or something greater than yourself, the universe, whatever, there's no reason that a junkie from Worcester and a recent divorcee should have ended up together. You're such a bitch. Like, it, you can't even divorcee. You like that? I grew up on the main line. I and, didn't, though, and I never say that. And now I'm a chick with a dick who bangs... <laughs> Who's who's banging a bank robbing ex junkie? <laughs> More about that in future episodes. Well, that's a little teaser. <laughs> that is a little teaser. But isn't that? Don't you think that's the truth? I really do. Again, there's absolutely no reason that we should be sitting in this basement together, doing this podcast and speaking the good word to the people. Yeah. Um, or enjoying any of the things that we do on a daily basis together. No, it's so true. So I think that was like actually a big step two, step three God moment for me. That's that's what they say in the program. Is it odd or is it God? <laughs> and then they also say something about the 13th step, which is where you plow the newcomer who's all vulnerable and shit. That's, we'll, that's definitely not it. We'll get into that. That's not in it at all. Sooner or later. Take no, I mean, that, that's not like why we're here. It's unspoken. Actually, it technically is kind of why we're here. You're like, this one's fresh. The chick from the rehab. <laughs> Actually, you're right. I know. Again, still don't even know her name. But thank you, chick from rehab. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Something else I'm grateful for today. I owe my smoke show wife to your shortcomings. <laughs> so awful you're an awful person <laughs> really not nice i truly am i know so things to look forward to again we're gonna have nick learman on from team foster uh you know we'll, date to be determined date to be determined it's gonna be in a couple of weeks we're what mid-july right now yeah 
But again, I think it's one of those episodes that's going to strike a chord with a lot of people because a lot of people have been affected with the whole veteran crisis issue. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shows getting some pretty good traction. Obviously, the word is getting out there. I am. I don't care if we do two million downloads a month or two downloads a month. You're going to hear the same stuff from me. Please send us some feedback. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. Make sure you like us, follow us on Instagram, So I Married an Alcoholic, and now on Twitter, which is married to AA, the number two, correct? No, I, I think I did T-O. Well, that's stupid. I could change it. I don't know. All right. We'll figure it out. We gotta. We gotta commit. And stay tuned. Next episode, we don't actually have a plan yet because we never really have a plan. We just sit down and hope for the best. But I think we will dive into s- step four, and it may get a little racy. Yeah, I think that's probably one of those things. We're going to have to split that up over two episodes because that's... Easily. I mean, it's kind of where a lot of people fall off and it's it's a super important step in the process, if you will. Definitely. Um, not that any of them are any less important, but it's big part of the, you know, the truth will set you free type thing. This is, this is the one that's going to set that ball in motion. Absolutely. You know. So mom and dad, do not listen. I would actually be more afraid for them to listen to your part. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're locking the silver up. and <laughs> Like, they haven't had a spoon missing from their house ever, but now all of a sudden, they're going to be like, where are all the spoons, Chris? <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. More to come. Absolutely. So please like us, follow us. Uh, huge thank yous to Dr. Chong, to RealtorAndABaby.com. Um, and to all the feedback we've gotten thus far. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Keep it coming. Uh, Again, So I Married an Alcoholic is available on all of the podcasting platforms. Please rate us. Send us a little message on iTunes if you're listening and downloading on that particular platform. Yeah, you can rate on iTunes. Yes, you can. Which is why. We had a critique. Which is why I mentioned that. Oh, yeah, do it. Do it, please. So that's all I got. Remember, cut off your pets' privates. And if you're (laughs) struggling in any sort of way, please put your hand up, reach out for help. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. I'm Megan. I'm an alcoholic.